0: I'm Kirsty. Um,
1: Hello, the... and welcome to I'm Not Doing This Without Alcohol. My name's Denise Ferguson from of Services, <laughs> and today I'm here with Kirsty, who tried to intro the
0: podcast all on her own. Love yeah. you, Kirsty. to be fair that just about sums up my day in all honesty so anyway I'm Kirsty I am the owner of a boutique procurement consultancy called Carly Consulting and I also run um, a community that's called commercially sassy Um, so Carly Consulting is all about procurement Um, so if you want to know what that is basically I tell people that's about buying shit um, and that kind of seems to be uh, how people understand what I do. I do a lot more than that, but that's the top level. Um, I've been in that industry for over 15 years. I absolutely love it. Uh, my favourite part of procurement is doing a good deal, negotiating, getting costs down. Um, and my specialist area is marketing. Um So I like to work with brands. I like to work with marketing agencies. I like to bring them together because they don't have the best relationship normally. um, And I like to help them get to a point where everybody's happy and it's a win-win. Commercially Sassy is a little bit different. So Commercially Sassy was born out of... um, Let's rewind. So the first few months of owning my business, I kind of realised by joining groups uh, and going on social media that there was lots of people who start businesses um, that haven't had perhaps the, the blessing of being in the corporate world before they've started the business. So the things that really underpin a successful business, like structure and the legalities and insurances and accountant and all that kind of stuff that you need, but you might not necessarily think about if you've never been in a business. I started to really understand that some people for, for some people it was just something they didn't want to consider or think about um and I thought I could really help people here just give them some guidance and them to where they should be looking and, and you know why they need to look at these things and why it's important and <laughs> try and try and try and tell them it's not the boring stuff it's actually really important um, and I started to get a, a sense that it was mainly sort of creative companies so like your hairdressers makeup artists bakers and beauticians and because they're so creatively focused on the end product and delivering that amazing piece of work for their client I don't necessarily think they will start at the beginning they start with a creative idea which is what you'd expect them to do and but I just really feel that they need a bit of a hug they need some arms around them and they just need someone in their corner who's just a little bit of a OK, well, you really need to do this. Have you got some T's and C's in place? Have you got some insurance? Have you squared away? I don't know, if you're a baker, have you squared away that you're using your own kitchen? Have you had the hygiene people in? Are you, you know, because I wouldn't want anything to come back on you. Um so again, trying not to be the fun police, but just trying to educate people that there are some things that they have to consider in business. Um, you know that you deal with contracts all the time in your business, so you know there are things that people will just go, oh yeah, that looks fine. You just can't say that that looks fine, because if, if the proverbial hits the fan, and you don't know what's in your contract, or your terms and conditions, or even where you haven't got them, then you're just on the back foot to start with. And... Yeah. And for me it's not
1: if, it's when, if, it's when. It's like when, some, something always happens and that's why, like I, I totally get that whole fun police thing, I mean slightly less for me I guess because you have to physically sign a lease, so you, you well, I mean there, there are some who haven't so that's this whole, whole kind of wild thing but you know let's talk about the ones who have signed something they are physically signing something that says you know this is what you are legally going to stand by so you know read it and make sure you're happy and they read it say it you know they sign it saying they've read it and they're happy and then afterwards go well I didn't know it was in there and it's like this yeah. is why you need to do these things because something is definitely going to go wrong I mean insurances and you know health and safety and stuff like that there may be a percentage of people that don't have an issue but the percentages are low when it comes to leases it's like a hundred percent of you are going to get caught out Like yeah. it's absolutely every single time and I know we seem like we're, we're fun police, but genuinely we're trying to stop you from having those
0: issues that's that's exactly it It's it's just giving you the tools for you to go away and make an informed decision on your business, whether you choose to implement them or not, but at least be aware of them. At least be aware of what could go wrong or what you could benefit from if you protect yourself. Um, You know, coaching and things like that, it's it's an unregulated business. Um, And I don't don't like to call myself a coach because I like to tell people what to do. yeah most people who know me will agree with that but I like to say to people okay I think you need to put this 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 in place it's not it's not a well you tell me what you think it's it's not that kind of exchange of information um but there are coaches out there and it's unregulated but you still need to have some terms and conditions in place you still need to give your client the comfort that if they're not happy with your service they've got some redress and that you're going to stand behind that you're not just going to go no refunds ever because would you expect that from somebody that you're dealing with if that was in a contract i don't think you'd be 100 percent happy with that and we talked about this before when people talk about integrity and authenticity i think for me that's where it comes in into having a structure and a process and a contract and a set of terms and conditions and a behavior that tells me that i think that you're conscious and you're working with integrity not just that you say it all the time and and, but actually have something that backs that up that's really important to me that might not be how everybody feels but for me that's a real you know have you done your due diligence do I think if we've got an issue somebody reasonable that I can have a chat with and we can we can sort it out that those things I think that's how I choose to operate my business is to have clear terms and conditions and structure
1: yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that. It's never been more important to my business than it is at the minute. I'm working on a completely different project. And because I have been very vocal on integrity and having, you know, being my reputation being very important to me and the fact that I am very honest and I say exactly how I feel because I feel then I can never be caught out because I'll say when I say something, I truly believe it. And if then my opinion changes, I'll put my hands up and say, this information has changed my opinion. And I do that all of the time. And I'm working on a new project, uh, Midlife Women in Business Expo. Have you seen any of that? I'll send no, you some, yeah I'll send you some information it's on the 21st of October it's an absolutely amazing project but because there's so many people involved and we've got speakers and sponsors and ex- exhibitors and stuff like that so we're talking about hundreds of different businesses and it's then hard to stick to the integrity of my stance which has always been I will never work with anyone who I don't feel is a good fit for my reputation my reputation is very important to me I don't ever want that to be harmed with so many different fingers in this pie it suddenly becomes very difficult to stand by that 100% and it's been an interesting journey of making sure that I'm not going back on my word I was about to say going back on my word for money and it's not for money, but it's for actually in reality going back on my word for ease because it's on the 21st of October. I don't have ever to make these decisions. So if somebody comes in and says, you know, I want to sponsor this part of the event, I have to kind of look at it and go yes or no. Like I don't have days or weeks to kind of consider the impact and that has been such an interesting journey that I haven't had to do so much in my business ever. And it's every day and it's every minute of every day. And I'm trying to I have to make these decisions and it's like, okay, I need to think about this, but I have three seconds to think about it. So it's, it's interesting
0: because we that both said time.
1: how integrity is so important yeah. to us. That whole event space, which is
0: effectively what you're talking about is ooh, multi-layered and um, yeah tough i do envy you trying to collate and pull that all together yourself because it's hard like you just said you've got multiple stakeholders with multiple needs with multiple investment um, and you're trying to manage all of that and give them what they want or need for their investment but actually make sure that there's still a baseline that's fair and congruent to everybody else and um, yeah that's, tr- that's tricky business very tricky business uh, but
1: essentially
0: great. you're saying what well, I'm thinking I've lost my tiny mind <sighs> yeah um I, I don't know I mean but the thing is that you'll learn so much from the first one that when you come to do it again you'll take all of those processes and all of the things you're like god I wish I didn't do it like that I wish I'd give myself a bit more time I wish I'd give everybody the same criteria to sign up to you'll know that because that's the whole point of continuous improvement isn't it when you come to do it again 100% it
1: Absolutely hundred percent. And I have said that the whole way through. Like next time will be easier because we'll have all of the, you know, packs available to send out to people straight away rather than building them. We'll have all of the contacts already rather than having to find them. We'll have all of the criteria of who we want to and don't want to associate with because we've already gone through those conversations. At the minute, it's like we have to have every single conversation and just, uh, but anyway, back to your business. So procurement let's go there first what on earth got you into it because in my experience in the corporate world no offense they weren't ever seen as the the, the nicest people in the whole entire world in fact they were seen as absolute sharks so what got you into that world
0: okay uh, so really honestly um, I fell into procurement um, in all uh, hands down honesty Um, I was going to go back into the police force, so I've had a number of roles in the police force in the past, always civilian, uh, never been a police officer, that's not my bag, not interested, Um, and I'd been abroad, I came home, I had applied to go back into another police force, I'd been given the position but it didn't start for, I think it was four months, I came back in the September and it wasn't starting until the January um, and I, I'm not a person who could just sit around doing nothing. Um, so there was a three month temporary role going at a local manufacturer in the purchasing department. I thought that's easy peasy for me. It's on the doorstep, it suits my timeline. I'll apply for that. I got it and I went and I absolutely loved it. It was all, so the first role I had, was all manufacturing in hydraulics, so really unsexy. Um, I looked after hoses and adapters. So the veins and the blood of the machine is what they used to say. And, and I had to deliver this million pound saving project. And I was so green, I'm, I hadn't got a clue. I'd been to uni, I'd spent my entire 20s living the life of Riley, um, having a damn good time, traveling, Making money to see me through, but not really very career oriented. I got to this position and I loved it. I mean, I was bricking myself because so I got a clue what I was doing. But when it came to the January, where I should have gone into this permanent job, I opted to stay there on a temporary contract because I just felt like I'd found something that really um, floated my boat. So it was all organization. Spreadsheets, negotiation, dipping and diving, wheeling and dealing, going backwards and forwards. It was all about creating great relationships across the business, um, but getting that, you know, getting that bottom line results. And it's just gone from there. So I've, moved, I've I've had the privilege of working for some really major blue chip companies in the UK. I've worked in manufacturing. I've worked in um, pharmaceutical. I've worked in luxury motors. I have worked in the seventh most chosen brand in the UK um, and that was my last position as corporate and that's where I took over the marketing Um, and procurement is such a there's so many facets to procurement so I say buying stuff so that's essentially what you're doing but procurement is the full chain so it is who are we going to go with what are they going to offer us what will that look like? How do we onboard them? What does the service look like? What does our contract need to be? How long is that contract going to be? How are we gonna manage, manage them once they're onboarded? What does our supply relationship management look like? What does our escalation process look like? Where do they sit in our sustainability journey? Where can they support us in our innovation journey? So it's not just a tactical, I need a thousand pens and need them by Monday. There's your purchase order. Please deliver those thousand pens. It's completely the other side of that. It's the whole journey of we're building this thing. So if I talk about indirect procurement, that is everything that a company needs in order to make the product that they're selling, but it doesn't appear in the product at all. So it's the people, the buildings, the lease cars, the pensions, the HR platforms, um, the offices, Uh, what else? The marketing, the finance, the accounting, it's all the stuff that you need to make product, but it's not the product itself. So it's really vast. There's so many different categories. There's so many different specialisms within procurement. There's just so many places to go. Um, But I personally got to the point where um, I'm I'm quite an anomaly for procurement, I would say. Um, although there is quite a few others like me, I do think the perception is that we are boring um, and that we are the fun police, and that we stop everybody doing what they want to do. Actually, the reality is we're the guardian of the business's money and we'll not let you piss it up the wall just so that you can have what you want. And that's what people don't like. So we're there for the governance and the process and the and the behaviour side of things. And people don't like being told you can't do that anymore you can't just fling a bit of business to bob your friend down the road because that that's not okay or acceptable in the 21st century and and that is now you know where we've moved to and now procurement's at the table with c-suites it's there. Uh, it has a voice it has a real impact in the business some more mature than others i will say And um, but i can't even though I wanted to move away and work for myself I can't imagine not doing procurement in some form because I just like it that much I just love it it just really is my passion Um, and I think there's so much that we can do to bring businesses and suppliers together to just make things more harmonious Um, so what made you then going
1: out on your own then
0: so yeah I'm
1: What made you then go out on your own?
0: Um, because I I felt really restricted in what I was doing. I I felt that I delivered as much as I can deliver. I felt that I'd been 15 years in corporate, I'd been successful everywhere I'd got to. I'd risen from buyer to the head of procurement. There's not really much further that you can go in that journey. Um, and I just I just really felt that I wanted to concentrate on the things about procurement that I loved, which was the marketing side of things. What brought me joy? I wanted to be able to create my client list. I wanted to be able to pick and choose the work that I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to have that freedom and flexibility in my life. Um, I've traveled so much through work, which is a real gift and a blessing. And I would never say anything different. I've had such amazing opportunities. But I just really want to be more at home. I just really want to be more um, here and present within my actual life, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, I'm getting older. I don't want to be at the airport at three in the morning and get home at 11 o'clock on a Friday night. Those kind of things just don't appeal to me anymore. And so I felt, what do I really love about procurement and how can I make that work for me? And I decided the best route for me, um, because I don't like being told what to do, to be really honest, um, was to actually do that for myself. So here we are. So actually, I was a year old on the 12th of August. Um, And I've been reflecting on that. It's been a year. (laughs) It's been a real crazy year. Um, For lots of reasons that everybody else has had. But I was really thinking about, like, hey, the, the three or four key things that I've learned um and really trying to think about it and absorb it all and celebrate but also learn and think okay what am I going to do differently next year so yeah
1: if your business was a covid baby though like how have you managed it because that must have been quite a volatile time for where companies could have because I presume do you work for smaller companies like who who are your clients
0: My clients are small. Interestingly, my client base is actually more on the agency side than it is on the brand side. Whilst that's interesting, it doesn't actually surprise me because I think it's those guys that need the help in terms of understanding one, what procurement language is. So when a buyer from a brand is coming and saying, I want this, this, and this, kind of translating that so they know what that means to them. Um, So, smaller agencies specifically. more local um and it's been more it's been on the process side to be honest for some people it's been contracts obviously i'm not a lawyer can't give legal advice but i can definitely shape the commercial side of a contract and help people understand where they can flex um it's been hard i'm not going to say it's been easy at all and um, one of the things i thought about was i haven't made anywhere near the sort of profit level that I thought I was going to make um, I've invoiced every month which is something that I'm celebrating because I found it's really good in a COVID um, state um, but I've realized again technically what I do is consult um, I've only really got so much time in the day so really you're selling hours so there's a ceiling on what you can do um, so I've tried to be a bit more so I've started writing courses, so that's what I'm doing now, so to help agencies to go in and deliver a course to give them the tools that they can go away and do something, instead of it being a, let me sort that out for you, they never really learn, um, it's more of a, okay, let me give you a toolbox that you now know go away to put into your business, so that is the kind of route that I've been doing the last quarter, and I kind of feel like that's where I'm going to end up, that's going to be more of what I do in years two and three definitely because I think the individual days it's hard to get the buy-in to just be let's get consultant in and let's do this whereas actually if it's let's get a course done and delivered where we can educate our people so that they can implement that into our business and we get much more value out of that I think that's an easier sell
1: yeah no I agree I think you know going out to selling money for time is just, you know, it's unsustainable and it's, you also can't scale it to the level that you need to to grow your business. So where did the community side of things come in then? How did you then grow or did you add that or was that
0: there before? No, no, so I've done lots of networking. So I set up the commercially sassy side, I set up a Facebook group. Don't get me wrong, it's not huge. I've got about 100 people in there. It's just a little community. Um, I post like maybe three times a week. I just dip in and out, try and help people. If you've got questions, support each other. There's all different businesses in there, all different stages of life. It comes back to something that I've learned is that when you start out on your own or you're a solopreneur, buzzword, um, the support and encouragement doesn't always come from the places that you think it's going to. And you have to go out and find your tribe of people. You have to go out and find those people who are going to be interested in listening to what you've got to say. Are going to support you and give you tips and inspiration. i going to let you go and have a bloody good moon when you feel like it. But they're going to understand where you're coming from emotionally and um, yeah, everything that comes with that. And I just wanted a safe space to be able to go and vent and be, okay, have you experienced this? Is it just me? Is this normal? Um, and I thought, well, instead of finding that place, which I do have a few of those, I thought I'll just create my own and that's what I've done. Um, I will say I'm hitting myth, I have to be really honest, just because another learning. <laughs> Social media, absolutely, I, I mean, I hate it, I'm not going to lie. I hate the constantly having to think about something to post and trying to be witty and on trend and... and Getting lost with everybody else, but I also realize it's really necessary. But what I've also learned is I don't need to be everywhere, I don't need to be there every day, I just need to let people know that I'm there. I don't need to give 25 hours a week of my time to doing it, I can't do that, it detracts from the work that's bringing me money in. I'm not big enough to be able to pay for somebody to do my social media, so huge learning curve. Um, not saying that in, a, in another year or two's time, I won't be. Uh, But I've had to get, I've had to embrace it. I can't say that I love it or particularly like it, but I do accept that I need to use it. Um, But my little group I really like, it's the fun bunch of people. I think engagement's hard. I think engagement's locked in every single group that I'm in, whether there's a hundred people or a thousand people. Just because people have gone back to work, people are doing more, you're not actually at home and scrolling through social media every day to get your life because we're not locked down. So... It's peaks and troughs isn't it but i'll definitely keep it going because i just want to be there for people if they've got a question and think oh Kirsty might know that or somebody in the group might know that um and i want to think about how i can make that group better and how i can add more value in the next you know whatever my business plan looks like in the next 18 months or so whether that's membership or group kind of mentoring or whatever um i do see a place for it I'm just not in a position to kick that off yet and that's something else I've had to realise there are only so many plates that you can spin and you really have to pick what your priorities are.
1: Yeah I was going to say what's the plan for monetizing that so I suppose it's kind of keep growing it and see where it goes to.
0: Yeah in my head I thought it as more of a because um, I'm really big into accountability and goal setting um, and I think that goal setting and planning and, and understanding your personal development um because personal development is really key when you come out of a corporate environment where it's the natural thing and you do it every year and suddenly you're on your own you still need personal development you still need goals you still need something to work towards but again I see people just ignoring it so that's kind of where I'd like to be is to kind of, right, let's set some goals, let's be accountable and let's have a look at your personal development plan and where you want to go. And I think because I'm so interested in that and as a leader, that's always been my strong point. I think that's something where I can have a real value and that's where I see it being a, a good business model opportunity.
1: Awesome. So where is the progression for you then in your business you've talked about doing courses and doing kind of a, a more um, you know getting away from the selling time for money thing so what's the grand goals for your business then?
0: So the, the grand goals for me are I would like to have a, a good solid package of say four or five different training courses that are um, geared towards people's maturity, either in their agency or from a procurement point of view. Uh, procurement, actual formal training is really boring, um, not gonna lie. And I think a more uh, hands-on, realistic training of somebody who's been in the trenches will actually land better with people. So I'd like to have sort of five different ranges of um, product, of course, that I can style but that I'm not actually delivering, that it becomes an online package. People download it themselves. I've done the webinars or classes. I talk through them. They get workbooks, etc. Um, I see the membership. I think that's got real legs in it, but I need to think about what that looks like. I want it to be very manageable. I want it to be very affordable for people because I'm targeting people who are small businesses there. Um, but the plan is, I would like to be 70% passive and 30% and delivery
1: that's that's the overall goal yeah in to sell time for money for a long period of time really one it's utterly draining but two it's completely unsustainable as well because you know your time then becomes less valuable and you know everything else becomes you know more of a drain like you say about social media you know at some point you're gonna have to build a team around you you know I I know that from myself, when I first started this business, it was me and Claire working a couple of hours a week. And now there's, you know, four of us working. And it's just kind of, we still are all chasing our tail constantly. We could add another one and another one and another one, and it would still all be crazy busy. Yeah. You just find more things to do. Of
0: course. And I definitely want to build. I definitely want to be able to delegate. I want to be able to give somebody else an opportunity within a business. Um, so, yeah, I, I see it as... I don't think I necessarily want to have a team of buyers going out and working. it. I don't think... I don't see that. Actually, I don't think... I absolutely know that that's not the way I want to go. I would rather create meaningful training that lands um, and do a little bit more um industry type work as in hosting roundtables hosting fireside chats doing that more kind of um networking but at a a more professional level um but yeah that that genuinely
1: sounds like my idea of hell
0: does it yeah I like a good chat Though, so as a facilitator, I do like a good chat, I like, you know, okay, we've got two sides here, let's listen to both sides, okay, let's let's break the arguments down and see if we can come to some kind of, I think that's me all over, I like a good argument, I like a good bit of banter, and then I like to think, okay, so how are we going to move that forward, and I think that's just, that's just a challenge that I'll never not love.
1: Yeah, everything you said and then when you described it as like um, really high-end networking, lost me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. High-end is probably not the right word. I think more industry-specific networking would be the way to... um, I think
1: the word networking just loses me completely because there's been so many bad ones. Mm -hmm. So when
0: Mm -hmm. so when it
1: comes (laughs) (laughs) mm -hmm. so when it comes to all of that I'm just like I just can't do it but then saying that though I don't know if you're on clubhouse yourself but clubhouse for me you know is just the best networking because as soon as there's any dick swinging I can just leave like I don't have to listen to it and that is just what was missing for networking for me like when people start talking about the colour of their Ferrari and the private jet that they you know were on last weekend it's just like sorry where's the exit like it's
0: just not for me at all. For me that comes back to that integrity thing because I just started not believing that not believing half the stories that I hear because like the overnight success there's no such thing you've oh my god 10 years and actually now you've done a launch that's six figures or whatever and you've been successful because you've actually done 10 years worth of work don't please tell everybody that you you oh this is such an amazing success story it happened overnight that's bullshit that does not happen I don't care who you are that just unless you've got a product or a gadget that everybody goes oh my god I want that if you're a service-based or that it's just not it doesn't work like that it, it can't yeah. possibly work like that because you're not set up for
1: it. And I think even most people who've got like gadgets or a product, if you speak to them, like authentically speak to them, they'll have said, "Oh, I've I've literally had seven thousand different things that have failed."
0: Yeah, I
1: was just gonna say I've had umpteen failures, and this one just happened to work. Yeah, but I, I also, I also think that that's how I want my business to be. I know it sounds stupid, but. I don't want it to be easy not because like I enjoy things to be hard but just because going through the hard times makes me really really learn things rather than surface level learn yeah and when I'm constantly challenged it makes me it's like my brain is a muscle my brain is a muscle but you know what I mean like I really work that brain and I really kind of think about things and and I, and that's that's also why like you you've got your community I've got my community and I you know I give back and I try and help people freely like you like you do because I want them to also really understand things not just you know kind of keep trying to muddle along until they fail like you know really listen really learn really get all these bits and it's the other reason why I kind of listen to all different types of you know parts of business too and kind of you know never feel like I've ever stopped learning because every single day I'm like okay like I needed to know that and I didn't even know I needed
0: to know that yeah I have a saying if you're coasting you're not growing no god no absolutely you're just kidding yourself
1: yeah completely so if anyone wants your help with
0: procurement or wants to join your community or anything where can they find you so you can find you can find Coley Consulting Limited on Facebook. So that's the procurement side. You can find us on LinkedIn as well. Um, you can email me at hello at carlyconsulting.com. Commercially Sassy, you will find a page for Commercially Sassy on Facebook. The group is on Facebook and also on Insta, which is where I kind of prefer to do my posts. And then have my group in in Facebook because it's more forgiving. <laughs> to have it, obviously, can't do it in, in Insta, but I think Insta, I think it reaches more people. Um, whereas, and then I try and bring people over to the group if they want if they want to be in it. Um, but yeah, I'm about. Um, I love I love connecting with people. I just love talking about business. I love learning from other people, which is really important for me. I don't know everything. I always say that to everybody. Um, Yes, I feel like I've mastered procurement, but I'm, I'm certainly not the best procurement person in the world. but I can hold my own and I can definitely help you. And as for can mention that's more about let's share our learnings, let's share our journey, let's help each other out. And if you need something, put your hands up and and ask for help, and don't be ashamed or embarrassed or or feel like it's like being at school, isn't it? I think people don't want to be like I don't want to be seen as stupid because I'm asking a question. I just think, hello, ask the question because I'm definitely the one asking the questions in all the groups because I want to know. There's no shame. It's really,
1: it's really interesting you say that. It's not just um, asking the questions. The other thing that I do for people, like all the time these days, is that I'll say to them. You play good cop and I'll play bad cop. Or, you know, or if you've got a question, you don't want really to put your hand up, tell me what it is and I'll ask it. Because I don't care about being the idiot and I don't care about saying the the uncomfortable thing because if it genuinely needs to be said by me and the other person, then there's other people that needed to hear it too. So, you know, why? Like I was in a room the other day, a clubhouse room the other day, and this guy was talking about his boxing la la galaxy next to david Beckham's, and somebody said oh did you used to say hi to david beckham and went oh no i didn't bother because he was with that tart wife that he had everyone was like what did he just say and i like unmiked and said why, why did you just call her a tart and he's like oh <laughs> just joking i'm like yeah not funny you know but everyone else is kind of like oh well let's not let's not say the thing that needed to be said and I'm like let's say the thing that needed to be said like yeah so I think I get I totally get that everyone has different personalities but I think there's always somebody like your group or or you or me or something there's always somebody that will ask the question for you or or help you ask the question or say the thing that needs to be
0: said because yeah. they need to be said Agree. Agree 100% and, and it's kind of if we're going to have these groups in these communities it's kind of our responsibility to do that to speak for those that aren't quite ready to speak for themselves yet.
1: Yeah that's made me think I need to put in my community that if anyone wants to post anonymously so I think I need to put some yes. of those posts in my uh, social give media campaign. A,
0: yeah definitely give them the opportunity to do so
1: awesome well we're coming to the end of the podcast and I end all of my podcasts with an eight mile moment so I don't give a shit what anyone thinks about me I love Eminem and he does all of his rap battles by saying the worst things about him skinny is white his mum lives in a trailer so that his opponent can't say anything bad back to him so what are the
0: worst things about you oh the worst things about me oh okay uh, I can mm, okay um I can be too black and white I can be very opinionated when I'm pushed. Um, I I think this is the strength of the people not like it. I have very, very clear boundaries and people just don't like it when I say no. Um, I'm very um, demanding, as in I expect a lot for myself. I'm very self-punishing if I don't deliver what I think I should be delivering. Um, I'm a little bit hectic mildly disorganized in my personal life um i could do with shedding a few stone um i'm going very gray <laughs> um yeah those are pro- yeah those are probably those, those are probably we'll leave it with those for now i think that would be all. Yeah. Awesome. i always <laughs> say don't ask the husband <laughs> oh my god he'd be here all night so yeah here's here's list a yeah Let me pull out Exhibit A that I've been collecting evidence for 14 years. Yeah, Yeah, let's not bring him on. Hell no. Well,
1: thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Kirsty. Thank
0: you very much for having me.
1: Anytime. And as always, if anyone else wants to be on the podcast or you want to sponsor a podcast, you can contact us at podcast at find-surveyors.co.uk. And if you haven't already, you can buy tickets for the Midlife Women in Business Expo, which is on the 21st of October at... MidlifeWomenInBusiness.co.uk. And if I've got that wrong, don't worry, there'll be a link below. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.